Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the languid, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Languid. Yeah, yeah. A little, little stuffy. Feeling a little sick. You know, not, not feeling up to my best. Uh, kind of like... Kind of like the Giants' defense at times, you know. Kind of like the Giants. <laughs> Languid. Kind of like the Giants' relief pitching at times. Yeah, Languid. Slow, exhausted. Yeah. Ineffective. I never think of you as ineffective. Yeah, you know, I you know I try to bring my A game no matter what, but sometimes you know you just you know yeah it just yeah. it just wears on you a little bit. Right. Right. Okay. So you mentioned that you're under the weather, and that's why you're feeling a little languid. Um, does that mean that you've got the uh, old uh, you know? The Rona? Uh, not the Rona. I was uh, the. I mean, no, uh, I don't have the Rona. Let's be clear. Oh, on that. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, are you like the San Francisco Giants? Do you oh no, not not Montezuma's old... revenge either. No, Montezuma had nothing to do with this. Right. It's right, all in right. my nasal congestion area, nasal right, right, stuff. So right, that's what yeah. I'm dealing with. Just a running, okay. a darn runny nose. Right. Right. Well, uh, that's good. That's good to know. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to know that you uh, that you don't have the diarrhea. Yeah, well, you know, as or as uh, Logan likes to put it, I don't got the shit. <laughs> and yes, uh, I'm gonna have to beep that out. But, you're gonna uh, have to beep that out. Uh, is that did did they have to beep Logan out? Yeah, they Where did, did he say yes, that? Yes, they did have to beep him uh, out. And he okay. said it like more than once. <laughs> more than once. That doesn't surprise me. No, no, that Lo- doesn't surprise Logan's me. Logan's a good old boy from like Rockland. Logan. You know, he's gonna tell it the way it is. That's right. That's right. Like everybody from Rockland does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what we say about Rockland, right, folks? Those guys, they speak the truth. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Rockland once in my life. Right. Uh, right. It was for a cross-country meet. It was hotter than right. Hades. But, uh, mm. you know, and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're cheap hotels that you stay in where we're cheap hotels. So uh, that's my only knowledge of Rockland. Wow, before we get ourselves any more in trouble with the people of Rockland, maybe we should continue on with our question of the day. Oh, sure. All right. What is that question? Well, okay, so Matthew, I yes. don't know if you know, but the name of this show uh-huh. is is Giant Cocktails. I did know that, yes. And, okay, good, good. And and one of the things that we do on the show is that we, we drink cocktails. We do. Right, and so I, I, I know that means that you have been around a cocktail or two in your lifetime. Been known to, to drink a couple, yeah. Right, right, okay. And also, you're feeling languid. I am, yeah. Right, So so I thought I would ask you, would you rather be sick or hungover? Huh. I don't have to think about this. Uh, totally. I'd rather be hungover. <laughs> oh, really? Absolutely. Because it's, you know, you're, it's only a day. Yeah, you, uh, you, you drink your electrolytes, you know, you sleep in a little bit or whatever. I don't know. You take a couple of Advil, bada bing, bada boom, you're, you're through your hangover. Uh, yeah. So, but with this cold stuff, I've been dealing this for like three or four days now. I've been blowing my, I've gone through like four boxes of tissues. It's crazy. So hungover for sure. Wow. 
Okay. Well, so I don't know about you uh, folks, but uh, I've definitely had a hangover that's lasted more than a day. Uh, so I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but maybe that just choice that just uh, shows how you and I have, have uh, approached life in different ways. I suppose. It, it um, the other thing about a hangover is, is that you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, your head hurts. You got the cough, the cotton mouth. You know, you, you can't look at any lights. Uh, you know, you're like your vampire mode. Uh, you know, you, you scream in terror whenever somebody shows across to you. You know, holy yeah. water burns sure. your skin. Sure. Um, and and uh, and you realize that like the only reason that you feel this way is because of the bad choices that you made. No, no, no. Right? And like, no, when no, you're no. sick, it's because of the fun you had. <laughs> the yeah. fun you don't remember. Uh, you know, I've never, I've never blacked out where I didn't remember something. Well, I've definitely gone. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But mm, you know, mm-hmm. I've uh, certainly remembered everything. And sometimes, you know, it's you know, it's 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 having fun. <laughs> Matthew, are you sure you're doing your hangovers correctly? Probably not. Probably. <laughs> and I'll be I'll be uh, honest. It's been a long mm. time since I've been that hungover. Okay, so you know, I, I'm a uh, responsible adult now. Uh, but back in the day, college days, whatever, you know, there yeah, there were some heavy hangover days. Uh-huh. So you would rather be sick than hungover. Still rather be hungover. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the right answer. Um, even though you clearly have not experienced hangovers in all of their glory. Uh, but anyway, today is Sunday, May 7th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants went 4-2 and two this previous week against the Houston Astros and the Milwaukee Brewers, two two uh, well stocked and well regarded teams. Uh, I think the Brewers were doing a little bit better than the Astros were when we faced them, but they were both above five hundred. Um, maybe not playing to exactly the level that everybody assumed the Astros would be at, uh, but still a very good team. Uh, and the Brewers, of course, were a good team. And the Giants, uh, the Giants, you know, they passed the test. I mean, they more than passed the test. They went four and two for the week, going to winning both series. Uh, they did get a little lucky, I think, on Friday night against uh, Burns. But you know what? To beat a pitcher like him, maybe you do got a little get a little bit lucky. Yeah. And who cares? I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. Whatever. That's right. A win is a win is a win. That's right. So, uh, so a pretty good week. And as we talked about at the end of, of last week's show, right? Like these, this next two week window is a really big period, right? It was really going to kind of dictate to us whether or not this Giants team is, um, is, is a bad team, like they were threatening to be, or as some of us predicted, um, just a, a mediocre, mediocre team, team with with occasional flashes of greatness. <laughs> and who doesn't love that? Pretty much every uh, Giants fan. <laughs> Pretty much every Giants fan. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why attendance is down. By you know, who also doesn't know. like it. Who? Mauricio Dubon. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we, haven't, we haven't talked since uh, his comments about uh, how Farhan did him wrong and all that. That's right. We haven't. That's right. And and he did mouth off a little bit on, on Monday. First, he kicked the Giants' butt. Yeah. Right? Basically single-handedly won that game. He did. And then, uh, and then used the opportunity to let the San Francisco Giants know how he felt about them. Yeah, and how he loves Dusty Baker, who creates a sense of family, whereas the Giants uh, just saw him as a commodity. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I think I think what Maurizio was saying is is that perhaps he doesn't like constantly being told uh, that defense doesn't matter and that you have to hit more home runs. Um, and if you don't like that, then you don't have good vibes. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I also feel like, though, the Giants gave him the opportunity to play multiple positions. I mean, you know, he was strictly what he was a shortstop, you know, and yes. then they turned him into a middle infielder and then an outfielder. And they kind of showcased him as someone that could play defense in a multiple of ways. It just wasn't what they were looking for. And frankly, they had to choose between him and Tyro Estrada. And I feel like Tyro was the right choice as we're, we're seeing. So. And we talked about that at the beginning of last year. We knew that it was going to be Tyro or Dubon was not going to finish the, the season with the team. Um, it, you know, I, I know it's harder when you're the guy. And, yeah. and nobody wants to look at themselves that way. But it was kind of obvious to everybody that, that one of these two guys was not going to last the season. Dubon was also struggling on defense not in his skill, but in his mental game, right? He right. would make silly mistakes. And, and then, you know, and then I remember he had atrocious out. base running too, right? I mean, he was running yeah. into outs. I mean, there was just a lot of reasons to to not carry him over Estrada. And, right. uh, you know, and the Giants he, made the right choice. He was making a lot of mental mistakes. And I, I agree. I think the Giants did make the right choice in terms of like a choice between Estrada and Dubon. I do think that Dubon had more value than the Giants thinks that thinks thought that he did, right? Yeah. I, I I believe that a versatile defender, which the Giants always seem like they're trying to create. I, I don't get how you create versatile defenders and then get upset when those those guys that you're focusing on to create a versatile defender can't hit a bunch of home runs. Right. Right. I mean, basically what you're asking for is an all-star who can play every position. Um, which, you know, hey, 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 I'd like to find some of those too, Farhan, hey, you know, uh, if you could get on that, buddy. But, uh, you know, um, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Dubon isn't a giant because they didn't value his type of play. But I also think that that was predictable. and And it's just part of how this organization is set up. And you know what? There's a lot of guys on the Giants uh, who like Maurizio Dubon, who who really like the culture of the Giants, right? And think it's all right. So you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it just it was sour grapes. It was, and you know, you look at at Dubon. I mean, he had a 20 plus game hitting streak, right? And his OPS plus was still like a 99, right? I mean, I mean, he's just he's he is a good defensive player who brings just enough offense, and you know, and and that's fine. But you know, you look at Tyro Estrada, who's doing really well this year, and they're just you know, there was no contest. You know, Tyro is the better player, and the Giants made the right choice. So. Too bad for yeah. you, Dubon. Too bad, and yeah. you know, and it was great. You know, Kipe and and Kruk were definitely uh, on KNBR. Were were basically expo- you know uh, telling everybody how he just needed to shut his trap, and uh, that, was, <laughs> that was pretty cool to see that they were. Uh, I mean, yeah, whatever. 
you know, I don't care. Talk, don't talk. You know, it's it's fine. Like, I mean, I don't think the Giants are perfect. Uh, oh, definitely you know, not. Yeah. I, I don't think they. I don't think they've been treating Joey Part the right way. Like, like I think that there are talented players out there that are could make good contributions to the team, and and they don't necessarily are giving them the right message. But at the same time, I'm a guy. I'm an old guy sitting in his closet. So what do I know? Um, <laughs> that being said, you know, like when the players feel that way, you know what? Speak your mind. This is the 21st century. You know what? Like these these old days when like when you couldn't say anything and the only way to complain was to put a fastball on a guy's ear hole, <laughs> you know, those days are over, right? You know what? Like, uh, everybody's got to uh, represent and protect their own brand, and that's what Maurizio's doing. You do you, Maurizio. Um, you know, you got your World Series ring and you're in a good place now, but uh, you're no Tyro Estrada. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I wonder how Carlos Correa is doing these days. Uh, he sucks, Bob. He still sucks. <laughs> You know, he sucks, Bob. Is, is, like, he, I don't is he know. Tyro Estrada? <laughs> no, he's no Tyro Estrada. He's, <laughs> he's, he's uh, you know what? Unlike Brandon Crawford, he's not hurt. But maybe he is hurt, and that's why he sucks so much. Uh, I mean, you know, like this was a funny bit a couple weeks ago, Bob, but I was kind of figuring that Carlos would, like, turn it around. He's no, gone he the wrong this week. <laughs> he did. He did. His last seven games, he was he's one forty three with an on base percentage of two twenty six and a slugging percentage of oh well four twenty nine because he's hit two home runs. So basically, he's been all or nothing this week, which yeah. you know is better. I, maybe in some ways that is better than what he'd been doing because what he'd been doing before was just nothing. So um, he's having less hits, but when he does hit them, they're going further. Yeah, that's just mind-boggling to me. Like, I know he got off to a last uh, slow start last year and ended up doing very well, but wow! I mean, he is—he seems to be really struggling. And uh, and I know of we all. keep we keep kind of you know, and we will continue to do so. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of fun to kind of say, hey, let's see how Carlos is doing. But this uh, this is a bit that never stopped giving Matthew <laughs> because because we can lord it over Carlos. And uh, until until uh, well until his contract's until up. Do, well, no, I mean until he does well, and then we can lord it over Farhan. Well, that's so, true. We, you know. we're, in, we're in a no lose situation. We are. We that's definitely. right. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, Matthew, it's time for your vaunted trivia question. I hear this is people's favorite part of the show: the trivia question. Oh, this is the only reason they listen. You heard that, huh? No, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that either. But yeah. uh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. But anyway, I got a doozy for you. So we've been talking about Tyro Estrada for good reason. Tyro is currently second in the National League in batting with a 346 average. He's only trailing Miami's Luis Arreas, 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 who is batting, who is batting 420. Woo, 420. 420, YOLO. Uh, which is crazy to me. I mean, he's batting 420. So anyway, uh, but the question is, who is the last San Francisco Giants player to end a season in the top five in batting average in the National League? Uh, yes, I thought about this a lot. And uh, I am going to go with... Um... Johnny LaMaster. <laughs> who? I don't even remember Johnny LaMaster. <laughs> I'm going to go with a man who this year is hitting 348 for the Kansas City Royals. I'm going to say Matt Duffy. Really? That's my guess. That's Matt who you're Duffy. going with. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's a, yeah, wow. Oh, that's who you're going with? 
You know the answer because you wrote the trivia question. I did. I did. I do know, know the answer. But still, Matt Duffy. I mean, if he would bat at that, he'd be still a giant, right? I mean, uh, well, not necessarily what? because the, the the person who's who this answer is to is also not a giant. So anyway, anyway, uh, that's a little little. <laughs> yeah, little, I don't know uh, what you're talking about. They they traded him Matthew for a pitcher who was going to take us to the playoffs. That's right. I think his name was Matthew. Who oh, that's right, Matt Moore. That's right, Matt, Matt Moore. Moore. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but sorry, but we're, 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 we're going the we're going the wrong direction. All right, we're going all right. the wrong direction. We're going the wrong direction. Isn't it time for uh, the booze, boys? Thank you, Bob. Thank you for saving us. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. All right. What are you drinking, Matthew? I am drinking today a cocktail called the Braun Army Navy. And I'm not really even sure that's how it's pronounced. Uh, the story is that uh, my wife and I went down to San Diego. I was on business. She came tagged along. We went out to dinner at a nice rooftop bar. I ordered this drink and uh, it was incredibly sweet. It was undrinkable, to be honest, but it had real potential. And so I, you know, I knew all the ingredients because it said it right there on the cocktail menu. And so I took it and tweaked it. And uh, and so what what is in a Brown Army Navy? It's got two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of lemon juice, three quarter ounce of chinar and three quarter ounce orgeat and a pinch of salt. You take all those ingredients, put them in a cocktail shaker with ice, shake for 10 seconds, double strain into a chilled coupe glass and enjoy. So that's what I'm drinking today. I tried to improve on the Braun Army Navy. Uh, if you would like to learn more about that, uh, go listen to last week's uh, Thursday Happy Hour podcast where you can hear more about the, the drink. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, yeah, as Matthew said in our last episode, uh, the one that came out on Thursday, where we talk about these cocktails in depth, we were talking about cocktails that you get at a restaurant and then recreate at home. Uh, my cocktail also comes from a restaurant, although I got it from a book and the book got it from the restaurant. It's called the Charlotte's Web. And it is a smoky mezcal cocktail. It has an ounce and a half of mezcal half an ounce of falernum, three quarters of an ounce of fresh grapefruit juice, half an ounce of lime juice, and one egg white. You combine all of the ingredients into a cocktail shaker without ice, and you do a dry shake for 10 seconds. You then open the shaker, you add in the ice, and you shake again until chilled. Then you double strain into a coupe glass and uh, and then you let it sit for a moment while the egg white foam rises to the surface and it creates a very smoky and uh, creamy um, uh, cocktail that is um, very sophisticated. If you want to hear more about it, listen to last week's show. And that's mm. what I'm drinking today, Bob. The Charlotte's Web. Huh. So would you say it was terrific? Radiant, humble, <laughs> humble, or some pig. I would say it was some pig. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what <laughs> it I was. Thought. It was. It was some pig. Yeah, oh, yeah Charlotte's um, Web um, takes yeah, me back. The cocktail is not named after the book. Oh, oh, okay. Which you can learn about if you listen to last Thursday's episode. So, sure. so do that. Do that. Do that now. Do it. Do it. It's really good. You know what else is good? And bad. I 
and and <laughs> ugly and ugly. Oh yeah, I do. The San Francisco Giants. That's right. <laughs> That's uh, right. I was, Believe I mean, it or not, said, there is some good. In our yeah. what fourteen mm-hmm. and sixteen, or I don't even know what our record. What is the record? You said it earlier at the beginning. At the beginning, what are we? We're fifteen and eighteen. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's fifteen. You win fifteen times. That's good. That's fifteen good things that have happened. That's right. Right. That's right. So of course, there's some good. Uh, there's also some bad, and then there's also some ugly, which is what we are going to be talking about today. The good and the bad and the ugly of the twenty twenty season. 2023 season so far easy for you to say <laughs> hey it's your charlotte's i'm, web, I'm heavily uh, into my talk. charlotte's web right now <laughs> well you know what's been good and 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 nobody knew it was going to be good was the catching that's yes. right the catching both Led sides by rule five draft D joey bart oh yes joey bart joey bart yeah yeah right. him too him right. too him too right Right. And Rule 5 draftee, Blake Sable. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? We talked about this a lot last week. I, I don't think we need to go deeper into it, but... Uh, the- no, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you one stat. One stat. Okay, all right. So cumulatively, the Joey Sable, the Blake Bart... Uh, the, rule, the-, the Rule 5 veteran. That's right. Uh, combined have a 0.8 war on the season, which ranks them eighth in the majors this year. That's right. Uh, so uh, not too shabby for a group of catchers that we didn't know would even be here at this point. That's right. They are the eighth best catching tandem in Major League Baseball. So, uh, so yeah, that has been very good. And I think we kind of settled on this last week, right? Like, this has been settled. The catching duo is Joey Bart and Blake Sable. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be anybody else. Nope. Um, the, uh, Patrick Bailey was promoted from Richmond to Sacramento. So he is now a, uh, he is a now river cat. In, uh, yeah. a river cat. Um, he is probably going to be the guy that gets called up. If somebody, you know, if something bad happens, but, uh, but for right now it's Bart and Sable, that's the catching duo and they Gary, have been very good. That's right. Gary Sanchez opted out. So he's no longer in the picture picture. And so, yeah, you're right. So I, we, we, we have, we have a great catching situation and, uh, that is what it is. You know, who's also been good. Uh, I do. It's been Tyro Estrada. He hasn't been good. He's been freaking good. He's been amazing. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, yours truly said he might be the MVP of the team. I think what you meant to say was he was going to be the MVP of the league. Of the league. That's right. Uh, that's how well he's playing. He's second in batting average. Uh, and you know what's amazing, too, about him is it's not been streaky. Like, this has been consistently good week after week as the Giants have gone through their ups and their downs. He has been consistently performing at the plate. Um, and uh, and he is now, like, he is the the guy in the lineup, right? He's the guy that everybody else wants to get out. He is carrying the offense, um, which I mean, we, I don't, I don't know if we're, are, are you surprised? 
you know, I'm I'm not like shocked, but I'm I am surprised at this level. Like, I mean, I feel like he was going to be a good player and that we needed him to be. Uh, particularly because he was our only backup shortstop. Yada, we talked a lot about that. But uh, the fact that he is second in the league in hitting, I don't know if anybody could have seen that. And uh, and and the thing is, you're right. It hasn't been streaky, uh, but he's shown like power. You know, uh, he's he's got a 516 slugging, uh, you know, which is incredible. I mean, he's hit, what, five home runs, uh, hit another one today. So maybe the six home runs now. Uh, and uh, just amazing um, all around play. And I, you know, and, and has been basically now that that uh, Crawford is on the IL uh, has really been the cornerstone of our middle infield that we needed him to be. And I think we talked about this, like if he got hurt, yep. we'd be screwed. And now oh. I think that really shows how, how true that is. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, if as, as goes Tyro Estrada, so go the San Francisco giants. I mean, he's you know, just to give you an example of how he has consistent. He's been um, for the season. His OPS plus is one fifty eight. Um, but for the last month, it's 161. For the last two weeks, it's 167. And for the last week, it's 178. So he's actually been getting better. Um, the you know he mashes absolutely dominates right-handed pitching, but he's average against left-handed pitching. Right? It's not like left-handed pitchers just own him. Right. Which is super important because, I mean, even though he's not a rock star defensively, he's at least solid, especially at second base, although he's effectively our shortstop now. Um, you know, it it, uh, it means that he can play every day and not be a liability at the plate. Uh, he is a he's he's the rare two way player, guys. Right. I mean, I know we all hate the platoon. Uh, and And here's a guy who doesn't need to do it. Uh, so, I mean, he's been absolutely, um, rock solid and he has been the centerpiece to the team. And, and frankly, I'm not surprised. I, I think the only thing that surprises me still is that they got him for cash for, from the Yankees, <laughs> like two years ago. Like, how does this happen? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. you know, the, the Yankees would rather have him back now. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> I think everybody would rather have him right, right now, the, right? Yeah, well, the crazy thing is the splits you mentioned against right, righties and lefties. He's hitting 350 against righties yeah, and 310 against lefties. And so, you know, he's a right-handed hitter, yeah. and he's actually doing better, better against, against right-handed right pitchers, pitchers, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's just the way he's built. You know, every now and then you do have a player who's like that, who's just, for whatever reason, he has this reverse split. But, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tyro Estrada has been an absolute rock star, uh, you know, um, one of the, the shining uh, bright stars of, of the team. Um, but, you know, when you have a record of 15 and 18, when you're, you know, almost mediocre, when you're just a little bit bad, you can't be the only guy who's good, right? <laughs> well, no. And the other guy that's really standing out right now is Lamont Wade Jr., and uh, I mean, you mentioned Tyro's OPS plus. Lamont's actually even better. Lamont Wade has a junior, a junior has an OPS plus of one sixty six, according to uh, Baseball Reference. And um, and and the the stat that blows me away is he's the only player on the team that has walked more than he's struck out. <laughs> and uh, so his on base is four thirty eight, 
and uh, which is just mind-boggling to me. I mean, when you're on base 44% of the time, uh, you know, it's, I mean, well, it should equal a lot of runs, um, but frankly, it hasn't. I mean, he's um, only scored 14 runs, and he's hit six home runs, so that means only eight times has he been driven in by somebody else other than himself, so... Which is is criminal. I mean, I I think this does talk about, you know, we said we were going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, That is a big clue uh, that some of the guys behind Lamont Wade Jr. are part of the bad and the ugly. The fact that he is number two in all of baseball in on-base percentage with an on-base percentage of 436. At least he was through yesterday. And again, only second to to Mr. Arrays from from the Miami Marlins, who's 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 clearly the MVP candidate, the leader at this point in time. Um, and um, he is uh, tied for fourth in walks. Uh, he's uh, number 10 in OPS plus uh he is um uh sorry i'm looking he hasn't he's hasn't been caught stealing i'm sorry I'm just looking at all of the, the the things that he's leading the league in uh, there's some stats in here i don't even know what they mean but he's good at them <laughs> Like there's this one called offensive win percentage i don't know what it means but he's number 7 all right that's got to be a good thing <laughs> It's got to be a good thing. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I think it means he's helping the team win, Matthew. Okay. All right. Uh, and and to me, like, this was a guy that we said at the beginning of the season had to be doing well, well in order was, for the Giants to turn it around. Yeah. I mean, he, if you recall, he was the only, they didn't go out and get a left-handed hitting first baseman, right? I mean, they, he, they anointed him before the, you know, during the offseason that he was the guy that was going to play. Uh, pretty much every day against right-handers at first base, and there was that was a risk because he's been injured, uh, hadn't didn't have a great year last year, mainly because of the injuries. But this year, uh, obviously healthy and uh, showing what he can do. And I, you know, nobody saw this plate discipline thing. That uh, I mean, that hasn't been a part of his it's game for the last unreal. couple of years. It, it's just unreal. And it's exciting to see because I think, um, you know, late night Lamont has now morphed into everyday Lamont and uh, we need that. So uh, it's exciting to see him him being successful. That's right. But you know what, Matthew? Offense alone does not win baseball games. That's right. Pitching kind of goes in there. doesn't? That's it? right. In fact, in fact, I don't don't tell this to Farhan Zaidi, but the rumor has it that uh, defense and p- uh, pitching wins championships no 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 no. hitting home runs and pitching might win (laughs) a championship oh okay well the good news is we do have some good pitchers yes right um uh, just not not in the bullpen (laughs) we've got a couple in the bullpen we've got a couple good ones in the bullpen um but uh but let's start with the starting pitchers first uh because disco disco aka t-bone Mr. Desclafani has been amazing, outstanding, and just you know, I, I here's the thing: like with 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 T Bone, in my mind, when I think about him and I see him doing well, I'm not surprised. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's old uh, that's old Disco just doing what he does, because I have completely blocked out the 2021 season. Sorry, the 2022 season, right? Well, there's only like, like four starts, so it's easy to block right. it out. 
That's right. He's already had as many starts uh, or more starts in this season than he did all of last season. Uh, and and he has been absolutely outstanding, right? Um, I, I think in many ways he has been our most consistently good pitcher. Uh, he might be the best pitcher on the staff right now. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, Wood was looking really great too until he got hurt. You know, um, he did make a rehab start. However, I think he's making his first rehab start. Today. He did make it today. It was uh, his. The only knock on him was that his velocity was was not there. So he well, was. I think his fastball was at eighty nine. So he definitely has to build up a little bit. Before yeah, he comes I mean, back. he's clearly got some stuff to do, and it's a rehab start, right? So yeah. he's he's still on the IL, and we still don't know when he's coming back. So, um, so that's the downside uh, for Wood. But uh, but Alex Cobb has also been really good, uh, consistently good. Um, and, uh, and most importantly, Logan Webb, uh, who I, you know, I've been reading like some media out there and, and, you know, when you look at Webb's numbers, especially when you look at his, his win loss numbers and when you look at his home run numbers, right, which is a little bit concerning, they haven't been great, but the good news is the, the, the uninformed, journalists writing these stories are saying he's starting to turn it around. Well, <laughs> I, I think Webb has been good all year. He has been pitching well. He just hasn't been getting the results. But now the results are starting to show up. I, I think the thing that is true for him and all of the starting pitchers is they're going to kind of go as the Giants offense goes. And they're also going to go as the Giants bullpen goes, right? At least in terms of wins and losses. And and the fact of the matter is, because the bullpen hasn't been very good, there's a reason why we've been seeing Logan Webb and Desclafani and Cobb all pitch much deeper into games, um, into the eighth inning in many cases recently, which is kind of surprising to me because that's just not how Kapler has operated in the past. Like, uh, even when the bullpen hasn't been good, right? I mean, Bob, how good is our bullpen? Our bullpen sucks. Yeah, and you've been saying that for years, buddy. And and but the Giants just didn't agree, and so they were like, "Oh, starters can't go three times through the lineup." Remember that? That was Kapler's yeah. thing. Like, no, never, can't can't face yeah, a guy well, a third time, <laughs> especially Wood, right? Right. Yeah, and and now that just oh, that's yeah, no, actually, there can be worse things than that. They, yeah. There can be things worse things like that, like. Ross well, Stripling and, and Jacob Junis and, and John Brebbia, right? Those things can be worse. Well, it's just I'm looking at the numbers right now, and you've got, you'd mentioned Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Anthony DeSclafani, uh, and, and even Wood have all been well. And the numbers say it. Like, so ERA plus, which, you know, 100 is average, Logan Webb is the worst out of those four at 114. You have, yeah. You have Alex Cobb at 216, which means he's 116% above league average. You've got Desclafani at 203, which, and then you've got Alex Wood, who, you know, is out, but was at 247 ERA plus, where 100 is average. So you got those guys. Uh, yeah, if you had all of them healthy, and then you're slotting in a Ross Stripling or a Sean Manea into the fifth slot. Well, then you kind of live with that. But right now, when you're relying on Stripling and Manea to close, you know, to kind of fill a, a fourth and fifth spot, 
it, it, it's making it a little bit harder to to, yeah. to, to be where well, we need to be. Right, right, right. But we're focusing on the good things right now. We're focusing okay, on the okay, good yeah. things. So the good things is that Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, and Dave Sclafani, and Alex Webb has some of the highest ERA plus in, in the league. Right. Which is and, amazing. Yeah. And all you need to do is have them go seven innings. Then you bring in Tyler Rogers. And then after Tyler Rogers, you bring in Camilo Duvall. And bing, bada, boom, bada, bang, you win, you know, 60% of your games. Right. Because at right? that point, Tyler Rogers has a 169 ERA plus, and Camilo has a 179 ERA plus. So both of them are are you know uh, in the in you know doing a really good job right. as far as as well, far as closing out games. Ty- but, uh, Tyler has been virtually virtually uh, unstoppable, right? And and Camilo had a little bit of a rocky start, but has been absolutely dominant in his last like I don't know six appearances, um, and uh, and yeah. So, right? I mean, so the Giants are good, Matthew, right? That's it. Hey, <laughs> they're good hey, until it's, they're it's, not. It's, hey, cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. All right, bye, everybody. End of the show. Yeah. Giants are good. <laughs> Giants are good. And, until they're not. And until then, and not. so, so, so then you've got guys. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the free agent signees. <laughs> Do we have so, to? So, you know, we like to, we like to kind of make fun of the fact that Carlos Correa is struggling. But that kind of that kind of we we'd say that because there's also a couple giants free agents that are struggling. Matthew, I don't want to talk about the off season. <laughs> okay, we won't talk about the off season. But the current season shows that our newly signed free agents, Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger, are are struggling. And uh, Haniger struggled because he's only he's only has like 16 at bats or something like that, right? I mean, he's just come back. Conforto though has played the entire year. And uh, is frankly, you know, probably worse than Carlos Correa at this point. Ooh. Uh, oh, that's yeah. fighting words. That's fighting words. <laughs> Michael Conforto <laughs> is worse than Carlos Correa. That's unbelievable. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, I think we both would have thought that they would have been a little bit, um, no, maybe a I- little bit better. Than I think, what they I think we, we, we both thought they were going to be better, and we both definitely agreed that these two guys have to be good for the 2023 Giants to be good, right? There was talk of these guys hitting 30 home runs apiece for 60 between the two of them, and I think everybody was like, well, they have to do at least 25. Right. Well, that's what their record shows, yeah. Right. Right now, that's not going to happen, Okay. And and the fact of the matter is, if these two guys, the the thing, the guys that you got during the off season, this huge off season where you were going to make a big splash and make a huge difference and turn this team around, the two main guys stink. And and you know I'm not going to give Hanniger a pass for being hurt. That's part of the equation. You know what? I mean, like, being on the roster is the most important part of being a contributor to the team. And and both of these guys are just not cutting it. I mean, we don't even need them. Thanks to Tyro and Lamont, we don't need these guys to be who we thought they were going to be. We just need them to be, like, you know, 115 OPS plus, right? On pace to hit, like, 20 home runs yeah. each. 
if you had that and then you had Tyro and Lamont Wade Jr. and you sprinkle in J.D. Davis and, uh, and you know, Jock Peterson and and the Yaz, catchers. When healthy. And Yaz, yeah. when he's healthy. Suddenly you have a good consistent lineup that can put up four runs every night. Which means that now you're you're you know you're starting to look like that ninety win team that you thought you saw, yeah. But but when they're playing like this, I mean, you know, you just keep holding your breath until either Wade or Estrada come back to earth or get hurt. Um, we need Conforto and Hanniger to turn it around, and and I mean, they should be feeling the pressure. They got it right. That's why they were brought here. These were the guys that were meant to contribute. Um, right now, this is a huge, huge disappointment. Oh, totally. And just watching Conforto, I mean, his at-bats, like, I don't know if it's just, like, bad luck or what, but the guy, like, it seems like he starts out almost every at-bat, like, 0-2. <laughs> And 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 I like I mean don't get me started on the umpires but I mean there were at least a couple times today where strikes to him you know were not strikes mm-hmm. and and so you know and a guy like who's struggling doesn't need any help from the umpire to kind of compound things but it seems like just Conforto has been having a hard time finding uh, the zone finding anything right and and looking at his stats yes it is worse than Carlos Correa his OPS plus is sixty eight. And Carlos Correa's is 79. Uh, Mitch Hanniger's is 77. So Carlos Correa is actually outplaying both Michael Conforto and Mitch <laughs> Hanniger uh, in their in the early going. So, uh, yeah, this is not good. And uh, it is probably the main reason why the offense has not flourished the way that we thought it would. And, wow. uh, you know, you mentioned that the, you know, the, the home runs are nice. But uh, when Hanniger, I mean, a guy like a guy like uh, Lamont Wade Jr. is getting on base, you know, forty four percent of the time has only scored, you know, eight times without his home runs. Uh, really is indicative of people like Conforto and Hanniger who haven't been able to drive him in. Uh, and so, you know, those are things that you hope turn around, that you feel like should turn around uh, based on history. But let's face it, Conforto didn't play for a whole year. Yeah. Right. You know, Hanniger has been injured off and on for the last few years. So we don't know, you know, what what will happen. Uh, I'd like to say that history shows that they'll be good overall players by the end of the year, as Carlos Correa probably will be. Uh, but, you know, right now, that's a main reason why they're struggling. Yeah, it's it's what's really interesting to me is looking at Conforto's stats um, I'm looking at the splits on, on baseball reference, and you were talking about how he's getting falling behind in the count. Um, one of the interesting stats that you can see on his splits page on baseball reference is how he's batting when he's ahead in the count and how he's batting when he's behind in the count. He's hitting 133 for an OPS plus, sorry, an OPS of 656 when he's ahead in the count. Wow. He's actually better when he's behind. Well, I tweeted out on, on our on our tweet at uh, on our Twitter account at Giant Cocktails today that that Michael Conforto has not gotten a hit in a three and two count this year, uh, and which is crazy, right? I mean, and he's gotten like eight walks and ten strikeouts or something like that, uh, but has not gotten a hit in a three two count this year. Uh, so the guy struggled all across the board. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. And the concerning thing is, is that this is he has 26 games, 26 games started, 29 games played, 114 played appearances. This is a large sample size. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and you do start to realize and think about this is a guy who didn't play at all last year because of a shoulder injury. And and the hope and belief was that he was going to be the player he was in in 2021 or 2020 and instead we're getting something very different um you know and Hanniger Hanniger didn't have a he played like 50 plus games last year so you know I mean both of these guys were injury liabilities I, I think which makes them huge question marks not just in their durability but in the type of player that you're going to get back when they are quote-unquote healthy are they healthy I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe they never will be again. Right. I mean, these are huge question marks. Yeah. And you almost hope that they're not healthy and that would explain why they're struggling so much. Right. And I know, I mean, both of these guys are going to be giants next year at this rate. Right. They're not opting out of their contracts. (laughs) That's for sure. That's right. You know, so that's the beauty of the, of the contracts that they were given is if they stink, they'll be back. And right now these guys will be back next year. Or at least be getting paid. Um, but anyway, they haven't been the only bad things. I mean, they might be the most important bad things. And I don't want to uh, minimize that at all. But there is another part of the San Francisco Giants that we said at the beginning of the season, Matthew. We told all of our listeners, we said, hey, the part of this team that's good is the pitching staff. And we already talked about the starting pitching, or at least three of the, you know, four of them, including Alex Wood, who's on the IL. But a huge part of this team that was supposed to be good, but isn't, is the bullpen. Right. And and that has been a major, major disappointment. And and I think a guy who has kind of fallen, flown under the radar and has not been performing very well, I think because of all of these other big names is Jacob Junis, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Junis was supposed to be one of these two-headed monster guys, right? Like, he was... Remember at the season when I was like, how are they going to handle these seven starters? And they were like, they were going to do this whole two-headed monster thing. And, like, you know, they were going to have two guys pitch a lot of innings in each game. And it was going to be, you know, basically that's how you were going to handle these seven starters. Um, well, it hasn't worked out for a number of these guys. And, and one of the guys that hasn't worked out for is Jacob Junis. Uh, you know, a guy who was really reliable last year as as essentially what was a swing man. Um, he has been not great this year. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, he's one of the first guys out of the bullpen. And if you had a traditional bullpen, he would probably at this point, I think, be a swing guy. Right. Right. But right now he's pitching a lot of innings early in games. And uh, and it's been hurting. Yeah. Well, today, I mean, today was a a good day for him. He pitched three innings without allowing a run. So you hope maybe that he's kind of turned that around. And uh, but yeah, I mean, Junis has definitely been one of those that, you know, you expected to to be better than his 5.12 ERA and is, you know, 85 ERA plus. Uh, But then, you know, there's others, too. Right. I mean, John Brebbia has struggled. Mm -hmm. Scott Mm -hmm. Alexander has struggled. And then, of course, new, you know, signee twin brother Taylor Rogers has struggled, although has been better as of late. So. 
you know, there's there's a lot of blame to go around, but really the yeah. only two relievers that we've been able to count on, and I guess we'll get to this into you know, is Tyler Rogers and Camila Duvall, um, and uh, you know, who have both been exceptional. I mean, standout. Right. Right. Uh, which is why I think the last few games that we've won and have done well is when the starters go long and we're allowed to kind of bridge that with Rogers and Duvall rather than having to rely on some of these other you know, right. guys. Right. The one thing I will say about Brebia and, and Taylor, especially and a little bit Alexander and hopefully soon Junis is they've actually all been trending in a positive direction. Right? Yeah, uh, especially Taylor. Um, has been has been very very consistent for about his last six appearances or so. Um, he had some really really bad outings that really really hurt, um, but he has been much more consistently performing. Brebia had been doing well until his most recent appearance, so hopefully that was a, a trend that continues. Um, but I think we're starting to see some of these guys turn it around. Um, yeah, and. Well, some some of the underlying numbers also indicate that, that that maybe it hasn't been that bad. I mean, you look at like like you look at somebody like Brebia, for example. I mean, his um, his ERA is five point nine three, but his field independent pitching is two point five five. You know, which you know kind of indicates that maybe some bad luck has been involved or or poor defense. Oh, yeah, I was going to say you saw you saw me about to open my mouth, didn't you? Yes, uh, yes. Scott, Scott or... Alexander the same six point three five ERA with a three point eight zero field independent pitching you know so those guys maybe have been a victim of maybe some poor defense not necessarily bad pitching right uh, but then taylor bad. rogers taylor rogers era is 5.91 his field independent pitching is actually higher at 7.10 yeah. so you 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 hope that maybe that uh that turns around and and his numbers indicate he would um yeah so i and then jacob junis his field independent pitching, independent pitching is higher than his era as well so there's been a couple of guys that are struggling no matter what, but as far as uh, as far as Brebia and Alexander, maybe maybe they've just been a little bit unlucky. Right, right. Well, and I think I think as we see things change, we might start to see some movement. Um, and I think Junis is probably the guy who's going to be the short man out in that particular group. But we need to talk about the ugly. Who are you calling ugly? <sighs> you. You're ugly. Wow. Well, yeah. Um, That's a given. <laughs> and, uh, but also, ugly is the bottom of the Giants lineup, wherein reside on many days one Cal Stevenson and one Brett Wisely. Yeah, see, that, that just, that was never part of the plan to have. A's castaway, Cal Stevens. <laughs> Stevenson. Let's 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 ruminate on that for a second. Oh yeah, the, I can ruminate the worst, on this one. The worst team, and maybe maybe the last century, uh, gets rid of a player, and we think, wow, we could use him, and bring him up and actually start him in games. That's right. The Oakland A's are on pace to have the second worst season in Major League Baseball history. The worst team in Major League Baseball history was a team called the Cleveland Spiders. Now, what's interesting about that particular team is that they were one of two Major League teams owned by the same ownership group. 
and the owners took all of the good players from the Spiders and put them on their other team and then took all of the lesser players from that other team and put them on the Spiders, which means that the Spiders were effectively a triple-A team playing at the major league level. That is the only team that is worse than what the current Oakland A's are putting out every day. That's a whole different thing, and thank goodness this is not an Oakland A's podcast. But for those of you who happen to be fans of both, first of all, shame on you. Uh, second of all, wow, that's awful. But here's what, how this is bad for the Giants. Cal Stevenson, the Giants bought him for cash from the A's. This is a guy that that team, the second worst team to ever play the game, doesn't want on their major league team, and he's out there starting for the San Francisco Giants. If that doesn't tell you about the vaunted depth put together by Farhan Zaidi in the outfield for the San Francisco Giants, then nothing else will. Um, you well, know, also, it's, it's a total indictment on Heliot Ramos, right? I mean, uh, that right? is I mean, for sure. Yes. And Heliot Ramos's career is done if you're getting castaways from the worst team in history, you know, to, to play instead of calling him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that the fact that Cal Stevenson is on this roster and, and having significant at bats is extremely ugly. Um, and uh, you know, I, I mean, that I think just by itself is an indictment. Um, but then there's Brett Wisely, who I know he's got a good vibe. I, I know that he hit, he hit two home runs in spring training in one day. Like, did he hit them in the same game or maybe he hit them in back to back games? But I don't know. But ever since he did that. Half of Giants Nation has been excited about this guy. He hasn't done squat since. Um, except play, you know, he looks good when he catches a ball. I mean, when you look at his defensive stats, they're actually below average, right? He's a below average defender, statistically speaking. Sure, he's flashy with the glove, but that doesn't mean he's actually a good defender. And he has a negative OPS plus. <laughs> a negative OPS plus. Okay, so 100 is average. Right. So 50 is really bad. 25 is like horrible. If you're negative. I mean, you basically are like it would be better if they just didn't put you out there. That's right. Yeah. You would be better off if you just, you know, just didn't show up. And uh, and so that has not been great. You know, and, and I am sure he's a nice kid and maybe he'll turn into a great player. But this guy is not major league ready right now. And I really wish people would stop talking about him like he is. Well, right? and it's amazing to me that, that that Casey Schmidt has not been part of this discussion yet. I mean, I mean, Brett Wisely is batting a buck 18 with a 143 on base. He's only getting on base 14 percent of the yeah. time. But Matthew, he can play two positions, you know, slightly below average. <laughs> And he's got good vibes. He's got really good vibes. And he's got good hair. I like his hair. He does. He's got a good a good, good, know, good, so, good salad. So it's not, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. But you know what, uh, Matthew? He hasn't been as ugly as Sean Jelly 
Manea and Stripling. Yeah. Well, Sean Jelly got so bad that they finally sent him down. Yes. Uh, what was amazing is that they kept going to him in these high leverage situations. I, uh, you know, one of them was because they had kind of burned through the bullpen the day before, and he was kind of like the guy. But, but still, it seems like he got a lot of opportunity to be the guy in these high leverage opportunities, and hasn't ever really shown that he's that guy. And, uh, uh, and 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 certainly, you know, proved that. You know, I think, over the last uh, yeah, you know, month. I think he's another one of these good vibes guys. Like they see something that that suggests to them that the results don't matter. Well, sure. I mean, when you're ten foot six, <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously, you should dominate, right? Right, right. And uh, I mean, I, I guess they finally gave up on it. I don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe Farhan was like the voice of reason here, and was like Kapler, you have to stop using him so much. Yeah. Um, In fact, but, I'm just going to take him away from you so you don't use him so much. Right. But another part of the fact of the story is is that because you had these two-headed monsters set up where you had two relievers who had to be like second starters, that yeah. meant the rest of your bullpen was going to be in high leverage situations more often. Right? Totally. And yeah. so and so maybe that's what happened. Uh, and maybe that's yeah, why I we mean, saw Jelly, Jelly was not put in a situation where he could succeed. I mean, no. he's not that kind of let's come in with the you know base runners on or high leverage situations and strike guys out. He's not that guy. Yeah. And uh, yet they were putting him in those types of situations. Well, and just, yeah. I think what we're finally seeing is this is how the seven starters thing was going to is working out. And the answer yeah. is not well. Right. Yeah. There is too too much thing, too much of a good thing in terms of starting pitching for yeah. sure. Uh Well, there you have it, Matthew. The good, the good, the bad, the bad and the ugly. And the ugly. Uh I mean, you know, I, I think when you put it all together, it's a 15 and 18 team, you know, and, and, and I think the, the, the good news is that I think things are trending in the right direction. I think the, the parts of the bullpen that we thought were going to be good are trending in that direction. I, I, I think yeah. Taylor is trending in that direction. I think it looks like Brebbia is turning things around. Um, I think if we can get Junis into a role that's a little bit more traditional and established, he might be. If not, then they'll start rotating people through. You're starting to, you know, Jelly has been sent down. They brought up Cole Waits because they're just going to start to crank the carousel on that until they find the pieces that fit. Yeah. You know, Alex Wood will hopefully come back healthy. You know, hopefully the, the rest of the starting rotation will stay healthy as long as it can. And so that will provide some relief as well. Um... So, you know, and if that happens, then the the pitching stays dominant, right? Um, I am still very concerned about Conforto and Haneker. Those guys need to produce. If they don't produce, then we should expect very little from this team. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're 40% of an outfield that's supposed to be um, better than it's shown. So, yeah. yeah. All, right. All right, well... It's time to answer our trivia question. That's right. The trivia question, if you recall, is that Tyro Estrada is currently second in the National League in batting with a 346 average. Who is the last San Francisco Giants player to end a season in the top five in batting average in the National League? Matt Duffy, I'm very confident. Not Matt Duffy. What? I know. I know. Matt Duffy is your guy. But 
actually, it's somebody equally surprising. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So the answer to this, the last person to finish in the top five in batting for the Giants in the National League was Donovan Donnie Barrels Solano, who hit 326 in the 60-game season no. of 2020. No. No. No? No. No? No. It was a, it was the season. It's no. in the books, man. No, it wasn't. Oh, so yeah. so you're saying the Dodgers won the World Series then? That's okay, you're, that's what you're saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. All right, Donnie Donnie Barrels doesn't give Okay, it, you there know, you go. Count. Donnie Barrels right, is out. Right. So it's my, so, Matt so, Duffy then. So so the answer then is Buster Posey who in 2017 hit 320 and finished 5th in the National League in batting. I'm sorry, in fact, Buster. Buster was top 5 in batting in 2014. And 2015, and he was also the National League batting champion in 2012. So Buster uh, was a fixture in the top five of 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 batting for the good part of uh, six or seven yeah. years. There, remember when we had the best catcher in baseball instead of the eighth best catchers in baseball? I do, I do remember that. It was awesome. Uh, I read an article where he said that you know he's he's happy. He's, you know, he doesn't want to come back. He doesn't miss all of the hard work and the the pain. And then they asked him if he wanted to be a manager. And he was like, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to be a manager. And Buster, I could relate. I could totally. relate. But man, man, so sad. So sad. All right. Well, okay. So next week, Matthew. We're going to be drinking yeah. some cocktails. We are. What are you Go gonna, figure. What are you going to be drinking? I'm going to be drinking a banana old-fashioned. What are you going to be drinking? That sounds lovely. Um, Well, um, I've been thinking about going on a diet. So uh, basically the diet is just I'm, I'm only going to eat things that I find around, like in my pocket. So I'm going to be having <laughs> a fuzzy mint. A fuzzy mint. Mm -hmm. All right. That's things great. that you find in your pocket. Yeah. That's, All right. That's All my right. diet. Yeah. Things you can find in your pocket <laughs> or under the couch, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuzzy mint. All fuzzy right. Well, mint. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who are we playing next week? Well, next week is a, is the second part of this big two-week stretch, and we are facing the Washington Nationals, easily one of the worst teams in the National League. I mean, they're not like Oakland A's bad, but they're not good. Uh, most teams should beat the snot out of these guys. The Giants need to like sweep this series, right? It's at home. You're playing the Nationals. I know the crowd is going to only going to be like three thousand people there, but still, you got to pull it together and you got to sweep these guys. But then after it's almost that, like people. Go ahead. It's almost it's almost like people are not coming to the game until the Giants start winning. <laughs> almost like seems like right. Yeah. Or maybe they listen to Ben and they're like, no, we're not going until July because the off season was so bad. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, you've <laughs> kind of been like that guy. That's right. Know? That's so. right. I have been that guy. After that, though, after that, this is a serious test. Okay. The yeah. Giants are going to be playing four games against the Arizona Diamondbacks in Arizona. The Bring it. Bring it, Ben. And 14, second place, one of the wild card teams right now, Arizona Diamondbacks. 
uh, for better or for worse, folks, this is the team that we are comparing the San Francisco Giants to in the grand scheme of things. Well, right? and, and that's not a good thing because last year we had a hard time with the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks are a young, fast, athletic team. And the Giants are not. That's right. Right? And so we saw that last year. I mean, they were they were stealing bases. They were taking extra bases. I mean, they were they commanded their game. It was hard. It was hard to beat the Diamondbacks last year for That's the right. Giants. So They're this is going to be a good test. team with athletic young players who they developed in their minor leagues and then brought up. And Wow, that's a concept. Yeah, that's... right? Like, hmm. This is an organization that is that is right at the same period, same level as the San Francisco Giants in terms of development, in terms of like trying to turn themselves around. And they're ahead of the Giants. They are ahead of the Giants. And if the Giants want to be a good team this year, they need to beat this team. This is a huge series. Uh, this is going to tell us who the 2023 San Francisco Giants are. And in many ways, it's going to gonna tell us who the 2024 and 2025 Giants are. Because you're going to see the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks on the field. And you know what? Interesting. I, I don't think you're going to see the future of the San Francisco Giants in those games. Well, yeah, we got all these players on like two-year contracts. Well, we're so, going to see yeah. a lot of guys who are going to be on the team next year because none of them are going to opt out because they're all having crappy years this year. Ross Stripling, Sean Manayek, Michael Conforto. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> all right. Well, we will find out next week how we have uh, stacked up against the Nationals and the Diamondbacks. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, please stop by on Thursday to listen to our happy hour episode where we talk about our banana old fashioned and our fuzzy mint. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on social media at Giant Cocktails on Twitter and Instagram, where we put up our recipes for each of our cocktails. And, you know, on Twitter, we like to, you know, we like to engage with our listeners and, and have fun on Twitter. So definitely give us a follow there. And uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe on your podcast listener of choice. And uh, so, yeah, do all that. And until then, Ben, uh, we'll see you next time. It's been good chatting with you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Languid Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>